When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Got a really fun episode for you today, but before we get started, I should do the do the usual things, right? If you're not a subscriber, you like interviews, you like discovering artists, you like hearing from your favorite artists, you just want to keep up with what's going on uh, with music and how albums are made, uh, I hope you get so inspired and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. The podcast is available anywhere that you podcast, including iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Podchaser, Acast, NPR.org, etc. Type in Kyle Meredith with, hit that subscribe button. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. Always love hearing from you all as well. From the comments that you leave in the YouTube boxes or wherever you're listening from, you can always give the series a rating. That's a huge help as well. So thank you so much. Uh, I know there's a lot to keep up with. New interviews and episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I always appreciate uh, you being a part of that conversation. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, U.S. Girls. I'm going to be talking with Megan Remy about the new record, Heavy Light. Now, this is a fascinating record. In fact, I met Megan up in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, at Bunker Studios. We got to sit around. Not only did I get to hear some live tracks and see the band the night before, but actually getting to witness uh, really up close 
how many things are happening within the songs on this record. And we're going to be talking about that uh, from the various sounds that you'll hear to actually having a voice conductor as basically part of the band. You know, Megan's going to say that uh, she had a vision of this record being very percussion and vocal heavy. And that allowed for a lot of different voices to do a lot of different things. So I'm going to ask about that whole process and what having different voices also offers thematically. Empathy is a word that comes up on here, especially as a lot of the lyrics look back on Megan's childhood. She uses that as an opportunity to offer her friends the space to also talk about uh, what it was like growing up, uh, vivid memories they had. And all of this works as like spoken word pieces that kind of uh, bring the songs together, weave in and out the album. We'll also be talking about the lead single, Four American Dollars, and the uh, story behind that, which is a, a sketchy little story about a not-so-pleasant tour manager. Not not her tour manager, just one that uh, met out on the road. And Megan's going to talk about taking inspiration from classic girl groups and repurposing some of her older songs for this record. Uh, a lot of songs that uh, most people, unless you followed her really deeply in her early years, you just haven't heard yet. Songs that, interestingly lend themselves very well to what she's talking about throughout this record. So let's get into this one, discussing the album Heavy Light. It's Kyle Meredith with U.S. Girls. Thank you. Heavy Light has so many fun things happening in it. Yeah. Uh, and, and all the variations in sound. Was that on purpose to begin with? Did you go into this saying this has to... Because, you know, I was looking at... Uh, I mean, the quiver to the bomb is all almost... Um, it's like the future happening in that song. It's all this, you know, almost new wave stuff. You've got mm -hmm. the Latin flavor and, and it still moves. Like, yeah. was that intentional? I think I just don't... It's not intentional. It's just I'm free of... There's no rules. So it's... I don't ever feel like there needs to be this cohesion like of sound yeah. I don't know I like so many types of music that it's just the last record I made was really like kind of a genre study we we really jumped around a lot and mm -hmm. that that was intentional mm -hmm. this was more the intention was how it was going to be recorded was meaning. the main thing we thought about meaning doing it all live uh -huh. vocals everything everything was tracked live how the songs actually came out they're just all over the place because that's fun yeah. and like I write with a lot of people so it's you know four American dollars and, and yet it moves and IOU were written with Rich Morell who's like a theater singer songwriter really funky too like you can hear his songs you know mm -hmm. and then you can hear it's just like yeah so many people it worked on it it couldn't sound like it's a collage. It's just collage. Yeah. It's his love of music. Yeah. But that's, I'll say that's not always natural for a lot of artists. Sure. It's, it's not always easy, you know, to, to try to get outside a genre like that. I mean, it makes listening to the record so exciting because, especially the first time you hear it, even the second time you hear it, mm -hmm. like, you don't know what's happening next. It's like, wait, what are we doing now? This is, first, that's awesome, you know. So well, For the people having to make it to, it's awesome. And that's the thing is we have to then tour this, so it's nice to keep it exciting <laughs> and to change it up, and you can build great sets then when you have all these different types of songs. You can make different sets on tour. You don't have to play the same kind of beige or red set or, you know. Right. You can, yeah, dynamics or everything, so. 
Uh, reading the credits, you've got um, something else most artists don't have, at least in credits, and that's a voice conductor. Yes. Uh, Kitty Uranowski, am I saying that right? Kitty Uranowski, yeah. yeah. Tell me about a voice conductor. Well, she was she's my vocal teacher. I've been working with her since, I think, 2014. And because we were tracking this live, you know, I worked with her for many months to prepare for it, to be able to be ready to sing these songs that are difficult songs not just the kind of the technical angle, but the emotional element of them too being difficult. We we really prepped, you know, going through each song line by line, putting where my breath was going to be, working on the character, working on what the story is, just going there. But then also so many group vocals, you know, that the arranging of that and the prepping for that live, everyone needed to come in ready, knowing their notes, knowing. And so she conducted warm-ups every day. We did body and vocal warm-ups, which is something that, I mean, we do religiously. We did it here today, based, you know, using the ones that she taught us. And she was the, there needed to be a person focusing on that so that I didn't have to do that. Also, I don't have the skill set to be picking out when a harmony's rubbing you know what? She was able to be the one that took care of that, just like Ed Squires took care of the percussion. Right. He was the ears on that. He had his team, and he organized that. Critty met with each singer before we tracked the record to make sure they knew their parts. So it was just a, a delegating to be able to pull off such a massive thing in eight days. Yeah, in eight days. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you do treat the vocals as much like an orchestra as yeah. anything else on here. When you're writing these songs do you hear all of that is that obvious to you or does that kind of get built up around it no that comes after you know i i worked with critty and all the singers to i I would put in stock backing vocals was kind of my rough sketch and then being okay how can we elaborate on this what are the harmony options here what are the different stack options? And then each, that was the thing is we kind of, then another sketch was made that was given to the singers, but then there were singers that came up with their own. They were like, actually, this fits my voice better. I'm going to do this note. Yeah. Or I wrote this crazy little trill thing. Let's put that in there. So it's just whatever serves the song. And that's what's fun about arranging. There are three songs on here that come from the previous catalog, Reworked. yeah. yeah. Is that the uh, an artist's natural inclination to want to tinker with old stuff again, or was that because they fit the the narrative this time? They fit, and just so many people, you know. I've my, I I really only started doing press when I started working with 4AD, obviously, and I get a lot like, "Oh, this is your second record." This is your third. This is your third record, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> no, it's my seventh. You know, like <laughs> I have, I have a, you know, a extensive catalog of a lot of what people would probably consider unlistenable music or challenging music because I was working in a really experimental form. So it was a little bit of a, kind of a pointing people in that direction of listen to the earlier stuff. It's challenging, but it's a really interesting evolution to listen to. Mm-hmm from the first record I made that Silk Breeze put out in 2007 to now this. It's wild. It almost doesn't even... The first record and this most current one, they relate. There's... And a body, you know, a body of work is really... It's a gift you're yeah. <laughs> presenting, so... Yeah. Do you, do you, with songs like that, though, you know, 
uh, repurposing isn't the right word for this. Do you find that the message has changed? Or what they mean to you, I guess? Yeah, for sure. For sure, because I've aged and I've had more experiences and I've been just gone deeper with things. So they definitely, the meaning evolved, but they, it was so fascinating and encouraging and good for me to see that these songs are, they were sturdy songs that can stand up and can be redone. And we live in a time where everything's supposed to be so new. Everything's like new, new, new. Mm. And... I think there used to be an older tradition of keeping songs alive that is kind of going away, and those those songs are still valid and can be done in other ways. So why why not? It doesn't make it any less like I didn't put any less effort in or something. It's not like I'm, I was lazy and just was trying to get away with putting old songs past people, especially if because they're new to us. Yeah, they were new to me sure. anyway. You for know, sure. I, I wasn't for, until I read about like oh they haven't. But that does bring up the obvious, like, oh, what was it about those songs? Why, how did they fit this narrative? Because there's, there's definitely a narrative happening in this record. Yeah. I mean, lyrically, they were fitting because of a lot of it's this hindsight stuff, this looking back. Mm-hmm. So, like, over time, as someone who's looking, a woman who's looking back on a, a relationship she had, and the person's dead now, so she can do nothing to fix it or to, to mend that fence. She just has to sit and stew in looking back mm-hmm. on it. But... More so than thematically, it was the record I really wanted to be percussion and vocal based, first and foremost, and kind of centric in that way. Mm-hmm. And that was how I first started working, which was wild. Like that, I when I started putting this record together, I hadn't even thought. Like my first two records are almost entirely. My first record was made with a popcorn tin, with a terrible mic through a distortion pedal that I just played rhythms <laughs> on and basically like moaned over, and. It, it was, it was just so wild to be to to realize that, and so wow, I'm going to work in that form again, but I'm you know 12 years older. I've taken vocal lessons. I like have all these. I know all these great musicians mm-hmm. now. I have funding. The mics are better. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, like so. Wow, what's this form going to be like now mm-hmm. with these these small changes? What a great opportunity. Yeah, it yeah, was really it great. And so, with with all those themes that you're talking about, then you pull in these spoken word pieces. Yeah, you know that have uh, friends. I'm guessing, yeah. um, you know, talking about these moments in both their childhood and coming of age years. Where did that part of the whole concept come from? How did that arrive? Um, well, I always do skits and interludes on the records. I've, I've always kind of had that as like palate cleansers mm-hmm. or just you know little extra things, and. I'm talking so much about my childhood on it on this record personally that it would it seemed only natural because so many people are involved was to turn the mic over and let other people speak. Mm-hmm. And I just think the more voices you can get in the better, right? It's uh it's kind of like a yeah, I think the more you can listen, the more empathy that you have. So those came about like luckily I had people that were so generous and willing to do it to do this really raw Mm -hmm. vulnerable kind of and like have it pressed and put I mean they're uncredited obviously it's I'm not revealing anybody's identity there but I think they're so effective and I'm really hoping that it leads people to ask themselves those questions from those skits. Yeah, because we can all relate to those moments. We've, we are all children. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And we all still are. I mean, that child still exists within us and yeah. is guiding our adult self. 
And you get that on the cover, too, because there you are with a young girl as well. Mm-hmm. Like, was there any reason that you found the looking back became the focus? And, and to be fair, you're talking about a lot of things on this record that just sort of kind of, I guess, is the connector thread. <laughs> What's the connector thread? Well, I, I was saying, I, I guess the looking back becomes a yeah. connector thread. But, you know, yeah. I mean, from, you know, what we got on Four American Dollars, it's, you know, it's like, why, why did that become the thread? For the me, the looking back thing was just, it's something that I'm doing, was doing a lot in my life in therapy. And I think I've been partnered with someone for 10 years now, which mm-hmm. I've never been in a relationship that long or lived with someone that long. And that brings up a lot of stuff. You know, it's you're constantly being witnessed by someone else. And if you're in a relationship that's gentle or with someone who's gentle, they will mm-hmm. kind, very gently start showing you things like, do you know you do this? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, and how often in a partnership or friendship or anything, it's often your childhood's colliding your upbringing like just though that's what's causing the conflict is because you think of something it's in one way and want to do it this other way and the other person was raised this way and wants to do it thinks this is right you know that often comes out when people have kids so i found that looking back was the only way to make my present more manageable I'm trying now to kind of visualize that within some of the songs. Like, you should bring up the single anyway, because for American Dollars, I mean, here you are talking about present day stuff. Like, yeah. like, like this is now. How do those two talk to each other? How does now talk? Well, how does how does then talk to a moment like that? Like, and was there like was there a moment that set that song off? Was there an incident? There that was set that a, off? there was an incident. Yeah. yeah, we were on tour opening for a band. And they had a tour manager that was just all business, all business. And there was a discrepancy about backstage access. We were told that we could have people backstage once the headliner went on on stage. Mm -hmm. And it was the first night of tour. And so once the band went on, we had our friends come back. And the TM came and just flipped out and kicked everyone out. And Max, my husband, who plays guitar in the band, he got real upset and was kind of being like, what's your problem? You know, what's the deal here? Like, we're just human beings. And he was like, it's not personal, it's business. And he literally pulled that line out. Oh. And it was just like, okay. It just was yeah. like, oh, God, this, I'm writing this. Like, it was just like sealed then. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like I could hear the melody. It was just unreal that someone would actually use that line. Because what do you do with that afterwards? Other I mean, than, uh, I, st- I didn't talk to that person again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, <laughs> wow, I'm not going to get to know you then or try mm-hmm. to like, mm-hmm. if it's just business, then do your business. What's well, it? Yeah, you know, it's also fun to hear how certain songs do talk to each other because you got um, uh, State House and and the way you know that's following teenage advice. Yeah. And it's one of those moments. It, what if you could tell your teenage self what like, yeah. and that becomes part of. Definitely, because State House is a song that's all about competition between women and how it's completely, you know, it's a false thing and we should really stop doing it with each other. And how I wish that was something that I had learned at a younger age, that women are al- can be allies and that comparing notes is so valuable instead of staying away from each other mm-hmm. um, and, and, and acting like, 
I, if I had learned that, I think, who knows, whatever. I am, I'm the person that I am, and I am where I am. Uh, you can't go back, but those definitely bleed into each other. Is it any coincidence that you use was basically the Ronettes beat. I mean, we're talking about one of the most famous girl groups, you know, and it has that feel to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was made that way. That's a old song that the original samples from a girl group song. It was from uh, I Won't Tell, which is Tracy Day. It's like it was a kind of, wasn't even a one-hit wonder. It was a rare girl yeah. group song. So, yeah. I love using all those girl group tropes because often the girl groups didn't have any power and you know they mm -hmm. were dictated to what to do they weren't writing the songs and they often were they had to be faceless and I think uh, but we all love that sound that they created with their voices Absolutely. and their attitude and th how they embodied the song mm -hmm. so and, I mean and for the listeners I mean the, the the subtitle of the song is it's a man's world which you know invokes <laughs> at same era the James Brown yeah. you know yeah. part of it so mm -hmm. Um, well, there's a great, like, old feminist cartoon from the 70s where it's two people walking with protest signs, and one is the front, which is a man in, like, a religious garb that says, it's a man's world, and then the one behind is, the end is near, <laughs> or something like this, which I think is really, we're living in a patriarchy, and we're living out the effects of a patriarchy so heavy it's so wild how it's actually being reflected in nature absolutely because for as long as we've talked about the things that's watch out it's going to happen to see it happening mm -hmm. patriarchy climate change etc cetera, et cetera. it's like oh yeah well if you have no respect for women you have no respect for the earth it's right. just it's not possible right um a weird compliment to hear how it's a weird sake by the way <laughs> to hear how much fun you're having on a song called Born to Lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't write that song. That's a, Do you know Jack Name? No. He's a L.A.-based songwriter who's just one of my favorite people making music. He was like, he was the guitar player for White Fence for a while. Mm. He was kind of a garagey dude. And that's a song from his first record called Light Show, which is a kind of conceptual record about the medicating of children it's an amazing album it's very glam kind of home recording mm. really good and i always wanted to i knew i always want to do that song someday and it, it worked perfectly here yeah. yeah well it fits in i mean yeah. heavy lights got those moments I, <laughs> I love i love the record so much oh i'm glad yeah. i love it too yeah well thank yeah. you so much thank, thank you so much you. for the conversation yes all right my thanks to megan remy the new U.S. Girls record is called Heavy Lights, and it's out now. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Before you get out of here, if you're already a subscriber, maybe think about uh, leaving a, a review or a rating wherever you're listening from. Of course, if you're not a subscriber, I hope you do that as well. Again, there's new interviews and episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can get us at uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, YouTube, any of the places you get your podcasts from. That's where we're available, just to type in Kyle Meredith with. Hit subscribe. We'll take care of the rest. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, also bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle.
Hi, I'm Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. What are you going to do with yourself now? Uh, I'm going to work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.